Star Wars 7x7 episode 1163. All right, so where were we before we were so rudely interrupted by Colin Trevorrow's departure from episode 9? Oh, yes, we were going over the additions to the Star Wars databank. Let's jump back into that, shall we? Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Alan's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And when I did the initial look at the additions to the Star Wars databank, the way I'd started doing it, the way I'd started trying to say, okay, which ones am I going to cover on this episode? Which ones am I going to cover on that episode? Et cetera, et cetera. Basically, I'm looking for themes. I'm looking for ways to say, all right, here's how we can group a number of these databank entries. And so today it looks like Crate ultimately ends up being the connective tie that binds the new databank entries we're going to look at today. And we might as well start off with Crate itself. Here's what StarWars.com says about it. Now uninhabited, Crate is a mineral world dusted by a layer of white salt reflecting the planet's sunlight. It was once the site of a Rebel Alliance outpost and has become a haven for the fleeing resistance forces. So fleeing, obviously, from Dakar, right? And possibly other things happening in the movie? Mm, You know, that's obviously something that remains to be seen. And this actually creates an opportunity for Lucasfilm to tell another story, a story about that outpost. It dates all the way back to the Rebellion, as it says, and specifically, it's mentioned in the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide, where one of the characters is mentioned as having come to the Rebellion on Yavin 4 from an outpost on Crate. So it was active during the time of the Galactic Empire. It'd be really interesting to know whatever happened to that outpost. Why was it abandoned? Is it just because they, you know, it wasn't useful anymore or because the Empire had been defeated and so it didn't have any purpose anymore? Or was it attacked and overrun by the Empire? You would think that if the Resistance is running there, they would have hopefully a sense that it had not been discovered previously by the Empire, because if the Empire knew about it, then chances are the First Order is going to know about it too. And so then the question will become, how is it that the First Order finds the Resistance forces on Crate? So that adds a little bit of intrigue to your thought process about The Last Jedi. We do know, of course, that they find it, and among other things, they dispatch the new ATM-6 walker, the Gorilla Walker, as it's colloquially called. And there is a databank entry for that as well. I had hoped, because I thought it was a rather exciting possibility, that maybe we could see AT-ATs or like AT-ATs, you know, the ATM-6, actually galloping. Like, it might go a lot faster than a regular AT-AT. And with the whole gorilla thing, I thought, well, gosh, gorillas can really make time if they want to. So what an exciting change that could have been. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case because one of the first words that's used in the description of the ATM-6 is lumbering. In fact, it's the very first word. Lumbering armored beasts that are the latest generation in walkers. These enormous transports help the First Order secure the worlds of their expanding territories. So it is a transport as well. That hadn't been clarified in previous information that we had about the walker. It just had that giant cannon and was referred to as a Mega Caliber 6, right? So it seemed like a whole different situation you know the t for transport wasn't there in the acronym so what are you gonna think about it right you think it's just a big mobile cannon 
And so that's the new thing, two or three times the size of the old AT-ATs. And what does the resistance do to take those suckers on? These ski speeders. And they are an older design predating the Rebel Alliance. So these things are wicked old. Like, I mean, I don't know if they're actually newly built by the resistance or not. But if this predates the Rebel Alliance, then we're talking... Well, okay, if you want to get technical, the Rebel Alliance didn't actually happen until a couple years before the Battle of Yavin, right? It wasn't started by by the beginning of the Galactic Empire, so it's not 50 years past. It's more like, say, 35, 40 maybe? Eh, you know, still pretty darn old, as far as ships go at least. And you have to think that the Resistance is not necessarily suicidal, right? I mean, not suicidal without a purpose, certainly. So if they're sending these resistance ski speeders out to face off against these ATM-6s and the ADATs that are accompanying them, you have to think that they've got some weapon that can be deployed against those walkers that might actually be useful. I've looked at the resistance ski speeder toy, and I've looked at, you know, the product copy for it, I don't know what that is yet. I haven't seen anything that indicates what the secret sauce could be to help them take down some of these walkers. So that I'm really excited about. I can't wait to find out what the scoop is with that. And if they're ultimately successful at taking those things down, well, they better not hope that a First Order Dreadnought shows up because that will be bad news for all the Resistance people involved. Here's what the databank entry says about the Dreadnought. It says, It looms over its doomed targets like an impossible iron thundercloud. Its massive ventral autocannons rain down fiery destruction, ventral meaning underneath. And we're already supposing that this is going to be brought to bear on Dakar, but... If they're going to use it in one place, they might as well use it in another place. So it wouldn't be a shock to see it at Crate as well. And hopefully, like the mega-class Star Destroyer that Snoke's kicking around the galaxy in, hopefully there's only one of them, right? All right, I got one other thing to talk to you about after the break, so stay tuned for that. Hey, Rebel Rouser. The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside, you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash tfa welcome back all right next to the resistance ski speeders i think my favorite new vehicle so far that's been introduced is the resistance bomber and i have to say i never would have thought this was a bomber this is the thing that looks like the front end of a medical frigate you remember the medical frigate from return of the jedi right and actually the end of the empire strikes back that's when we first saw it well it kind of looks like that and it says, uh, now reinforced with new combat craft, the Resistance fleet dispatches hardy bombers into battle with the First Order fleet. Escorted by swift starfighters, these munitions-laden carrier ships drop powerful proton bombs onto their Star Destroyer targets. And on the databank, there is a planet that you can see underneath. And actually, it's the same planet, obviously, that we see in the teaser for The Last Jedi, right? And so the big question is, what is that planet? You know, we don't get to see enough of it 
to tell whether it's Dakar or whether it's uh, possibly Crate. I think it's Crate from having seen the exterior shot and the space shot of Dakar in The Force Awakens. I'm thinking it's got to be Crate. And because of the fact that the, uh, you know, the Starkiller base thing that happened at the end of The Force Awakens, I don't think there's a chance that the Resistance could have scrambled that many bombers that quickly to Dakar to protect and cover the escape of the Resistance forces from Dakar. So, eh, I'm going out on a limb and saying I think that's probably Crate. And by the same token, I don't imagine that the First Order would have had time to gather a whole fleet of Star Destroyers to jump to Dakar after the destruction of Starkiller Base. It seems like, A, it would take too long, and B, things were already too chaotic with them. I think the best they could probably do was end up rustling up one of those dreadnoughts, which ought to be, for their purposes, more than enough. And that right there is going to do it for today's podcast. So we're going to talk about Snoke stuff again tomorrow. No theories about Snoke and who he is. He's not Ezra and all that stuff, but theories about his whole shtick. So we'll get into that tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you again, as always, for listening, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you become a spy for the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a night at the space opera, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit